On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the hockey world in general. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Now, to keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, you can subscribe via Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever else you might get your podcasts. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could leave a rating and a review, that would be very much appreciated. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also email me at lockedonbostonbruins at gmail.com. I can be found on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about Zdeno Chara a little bit. He participated in a Black Lives Matter march last week in Brookline, Mass., and also released a very powerful statement. And it got me thinking about how he became a member of the Boston Bruins. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is called You're Wrong About, where they kind of look at some historical uh, stories and kind of debunk some myths or prevailing uh, truths about that uh, situation. So I kind of did that with uh, Zdeno Chara leaving the Ottawa Centers and becoming a member of the Boston Bruins. And then we'll also take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Now let's begin with... Zdeno Chara, who, as I mentioned, on June 5th, which was Friday, he took part in a Black Lives Matter march rally in uh, Brookline, and he released the following statement on his Instagram, and it was later picked up by uh, the Bruins' official Twitter account, and he wrote the following. For the last 13 days, I have been sick about George Floyd's murder. I've taken time to think and listen Time to find bravery and time to try to find the right words, though I'll admit I'm still struggling. First thing is first, and let me be clear. I stand with the black community. Black lives matter. There is no room in this world for racism, period. Sure, I've dealt with my own share of adversity as an outsider living in this country, but I recognize my challenges were not made harder or impossible because of the color of my skin. I will never know what it's like to walk down a street and feel unsafe. No one should have to experience that feeling. We have to take better care of each other and respect each other. Equality must be a priority. Anything less is unacceptable. I learned a lot yesterday. This was at the rally, of course, and had good, honest conversations. Not only did we take steps in a walk, but we made strides in learning and educating together. But it doesn't stop there. I will continue to stand and walk with you. I have your back. So good on Chara for taking part in the march and for expressing his support. Uh, I took part in a march here in my small Canadian town over the weekend. It was a very powerful experience, and I hope we all together as Boston Bruins fans can continue to listen and learn, educate ourselves, and uh, just stand in support of those who are oppressed and marginalized in our society, specifically the black community. Now, along those lines, it was announced this morning here, Monday, June 8th, that several current and former NHL players have 
formed the Hockey Diversity Alliance. This was shared by founding members uh, Akeem Aliu, Trevor Daly, Wayne Simmons, Joel Ward, Evander Kane, Matt Dumba, and Chris Stewart. And the release reads as follows. We love our sport. We believe that hockey is the greatest game in the world. As minorities who play professional hockey, we have come together to create the Hockey Diversity Alliance. We have appointed Akeem Aliu and Evander Kane as our co-heads, and our executive committee include Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Wade Simmons, Chris Stewart, and Joel Ward. Our mission is to eradicate racism and intolerance in hockey. We will strive to be a force for positive change, not only within our game of hockey, but also within society. Although we will be independent of the NHL, we are hopeful that we will work productively with the league to accomplish these important changes. We believe in the importance of accountability in developing inclusivity and diversity for all involved in our sport, including fans and league office. We will promote diversity at all levels of the game through community outreach and engagement with youth and will endeavor to make the game more affordable and accessible. We will also focus on educating the hockey community about the racism issues confronting the sport while advocating for acceptance and equality. We have partnered with a charitable fiscal sponsor and we will be launching a charitable division in the coming weeks to assist us in achieving our objectives. In creating our alliance, we are confident we can inspire a new generation of hockey players and fans. We are hopeful that anyone who puts on skates or sits in the stands will do so without worrying about race, gender, or socioeconomic background, and will be able to express their culture, identity, values, and personality without fear of retribution. We are united in our efforts and promise to work tirelessly to bring about the change our sport and society needs. So a very cool initiative kicked off by uh, these current and former NHLers, pro hockey players, and I hope that uh, they will extend this also to, you know, uh, women, uh, to uh, the LGBTQ community, and uh, that this alliance will only continue to grow. But it's a very cool starting point, and I commend these guys for taking that step. And uh, yeah. I will continue to support them for sure. Before we continue, let's chat for a second about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I can attest to this, having tried many of them and also having received my own box of Built Bars a few weeks ago. They are incredibly tasty. Uh, They taste like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors and covered in 100% chocolate soft and easy to chew but they're also great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and they've been very beneficial to me as i've been working at home looking for healthy snacks now if you go to builtbar.com right now enter locked on in the promo code you'll get ten dollars off your first box that's $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCKEDON. You will not regret it. Now, all this Dano Chara talk got me thinking about how lucky we are to have him as our team captain for the past 14 years, but also how he came to be a member of the Boston Maroons in the first place. And for that, we have to thank the Ottawa Senators and their increasingly stingy ways. And I thought we'd just take a look back right now at uh, what happened in 2006 and how 
Chara became a member of the Boston Bruins. Now, the common story is that the uh, Ottawa Senators, you know, they had two uh, number one defensemen coming up as unrestricted free agents in Chara and Wade Redden, and they simply chose to re-sign Wade Redden. While that is the case, it doesn't really tell the whole story. So I thought I'd go back and I'd just dig up some old articles and kind of some explanations of the situation. And I'll start here with a piece from Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun. He's covered the Ottawa Senators pretty much since the beginning. And back in 2014, he wrote a piece called The Top 5 Unforgettable Ottawa Senators to Leave. And this was in light of uh, Jason Spezza being traded uh, that summer, I believe. Alfredson leaving the year before. And then Chara, he listed as the number two uh, unforgettable Ottawa center to leave. And he wrote this. The Senators had to choose between Wade Redden and Zidino Chara that summer. GM John Muckler changed the future of the franchise. Chara accepted a deal with the Boston Bruins, a place where former assistant GM Peter Chiarelli had accepted the top job. And that's key. That's something I'll mention in a moment. I wanted to stay here, Chara told the Ottawa Sun. I'm very disappointed. I thought Ottawa would be really aggressive and they would really show it. In the last nine days before July 1st, we never received a phone call. Myself and agent Matt Keeter were just sitting there and making all the calls. We told them, let's talk and negotiate. They said, six million. You sign it or we're going to go the other way. They did. They chose Wade Redden. That's great. He's an unbelievable player and a great guy. He's a good leader and they made the right decision. They are saying Wade took less to stay in Ottawa, but we both got offered $6 million and he didn't take less because he took $6.5 million. Back to Garriock, losing Chara was a blow. Yes, they made the Stanley Cup Final the next spring. That would be 2007, a loss to the Anaheim Ducks in the Stanley Cup Final. But it changed the face of the organization. The Senators didn't have that guy on the back end who could be a difference maker. Redden as it was mentioned in that piece, signed a two-year deal worth $13 million with the Ottawa Senators. He then uh, signed a six-year deal worth $39 million with the New York Rangers on July 1st, 2008, a deal that was bought out by the New York Rangers on January 1st, uh, 2013. Where it signed with the... Uh, St. Louis Blues on January 18th, and as we all know, was then traded to the Boston Bruins, and he played a part in their uh, run to the Stanley Cup in 2013, in a bit of a twist of fate. Now, Chara, on the other hand, he was 29 at the time. He signed a five-year deal with the Boston Bruins worth $37.5 million, meaning a cap hit of $7.5 million. Uh, one million more than what Redden signed with in Ottawa. Uh, once that deal was over in 2011, uh, this would have been after the Bruins won the cup. He signed a deal that took a bit of a cap hit, actually, a seven-year deal worth 45.5 million, uh, with an AAV of 6.91 million dollars, and then uh, he signed a one-year deal for uh, one year, 6.75 million in 2018. So. Obviously, it worked out well for the Bruins in that way, and 
Um, again, it seemed like it was a decision between Redden and between Chara, but again, that wasn't uh, solely the decision that you know was made. And this uh, comes from an article by David Naylor in the Globe and Mail back on July 1st, 2006, and he writes the following. The Ottawa Senators understood it would take some creativity to sign both Wade Redden and Zidane Chara to new contracts before the start of unrestricted free agency today. July 1st, 2006 is when this was written. While both defensemen said they were willing to take less than market value to help Ottawa pursue its Stanley Cup dream, apparently it was not enough to keep both. On the same day, Ottawa announced that Redden had signed a two-year contract worth $13 million. General Manager John Muckler said negotiations with Chara's agent had ended and were unlikely to resume. I don't expect it to, Muckler said. We made a proposal last week. Keeter took it with him, thought about it overnight, and then rejected the offer and told us he thought Chara would go to unrestricted free agency. As far as we're concerned, it was a competitive offer. It was rejected. If you remember what Gary Ock wrote, uh, Chara and Keeter had not heard from the Senators, so they reached out to them, and they were told uh, five years, $30 million, so $6 million per season. The Senators suggested strongly that Redden was the more accommodating of the two players, apparently telling the club from the outset of negotiations that he wanted to help it be as competitive as possible. So a bit of a shot there at Chara from the Senators' point of view. Redden's agent, Don Meehan, said that while his client's contract will pay him less than he would have received on the open market, Redden was willing to accept even less if it meant the club could retain Chara. So kind of propping up Redden there as the good guy in this scenario from a senator's point of view. Meehan said his view was, how do I allow the senators to be as competitive as can be to make it work? And you know who that was going to involve. The first stage was in relation to saying, how do we make this work for everyone? I'll do this if others will do this for the benefit of the team. Keeter, agreeing that Chara's days in Ottawa were likely done, maintained Chara had been willing to make his own sacrifices to stay with the Sens. We were never offered what Wade's final number was, but that's not to say we would have accepted it. Redden's final number, of course, was $6.5 million. Chara had only been offered six. Um Keeter added, that's not to say we would have accepted it, even if it was $6.5 million. Chara ended up signing for a million more with Boston. They moved in that direction, and we haven't talked to them in a while. Now, this is where it gets kind of hilarious. Uh, while Redden and Chara, this again according to David Naylor of the Globe and Mail, while Redden and Chara have both been important to water success, the Senators seem to have no doubt about their priority. That may be partly due to the perception that Char's skills are less suited to the new National Hockey League game than Redden's. This is John Muckler. I think we saw that a little bit in the Buffalo playoff series. That would have been 2006. They have quick forwards, and we didn't have the same success coming out of our end that we had against Tampa Bay or in the regular season. Uh, The Senators, I should note, did beat the Buffalo Sabres in the 2006 Eastern Conference final, or sorry, the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals en route to their uh, loss to the Ducks. Uh, but again, that was very short-sighted thinking, obviously. Um, so, yeah, the Senators appeared to believe that Zdeno Chara was not well-suited for the 
NHL's kind of post-lockout style of game, you know, emphasizing speed and skill. It's become even more prominent over the last few years. This is back in 2006 that they were saying that. And now, uh, you know, in 2020, he's in his early 40s and he's still able to be an effective defenseman of course now in 2009 there was a bit of a different tune coming out of ottawa this according to doug fisher of the ottawa citizen apparently the senators had a plan to try to keep both of these guys and he said he had offered reddit and char the same five-year deals for about 30 million roughly five hundred thousand dollars less per season than they could expect on the open market. Again, Chara got $7.5 million from the Bruins on the open market, so they were seriously undervaluing him there. Uh, again, back to the Ottawa Citizen, uh, Fisher writes, in exchange for the discount, Muckler told the two 29-year-olds he was offering them the chance to remain long-term members of a real Stanley Cup contender. For the offer to stand, they both had to accept. Muckler was also a realist, Fisher wrote. He knew his strategy could easily blow up and he'd be forced to choose between the two players. In that case, he asked his coaches who should the Senators keep. Ottawa's coach at the time was Brian Murray, who replaced Muckler as the GM and who led the Senators to the Stanley Cup final in uh, 2007. And at the time, Murray said, I said to John, there is no real decision to make. Chara is the guy we have to keep here. Every coach agreed, and if John had asked the players, most of them would have agreed as well. So again, while the common belief is that the Senators prioritized Redden over Chara, it appears as though that was a muckler decision uh, at the very least, and the coaching staff was very much on board with keeping Sedano Chara, and obviously for good reason. Fisher continues, as every Senators fan knows, Chara left for the Boston Bruins six weeks later, lured by a five-year $37.5 million contract, and was shaken that he couldn't reach a deal with the team. He said he didn't want to leave. As fans also know too well, two and a half seasons later, the Bruins, with Chara as captain, are the best team in the NHL. This was, of course, written in 2009, a couple years before the Bruins had won the Cup. The Senators, who signed Redding for two years and then let him go to the New York Rangers last summer as a free agent, has slumped to third worst. You hate to see it. Murray is convinced, certain in fact, they would be a much better, tougher team, and he's sure it would be a very different team. Well, of course, if we had kept him, we would have made different trades and signings and built the team differently than we did. A player like Z gives you a presence that is irreplaceable. He has toughness, size, and great mobility. He's a fitness fanatic. He can play 30 or 35 minutes a game. He plays the power play and kills penalties. He can shoot a ton. He can fight when he needs to. Where can you find a player like that? You can't. He's one of a kind. His leaving was pivotal. Former Senators head coach John Paddock, who was one of Murray's assistants during Chara's last season in Ottawa, took it a step further. He said, it's a tragedy he was allowed to go. In 25 years as coach, I've never seen a player who was as dominant as Z. He is absolutely unique. This Ottawa Citizen article goes on to say, it takes more than one player to build a winner in the NHL. It's worth remembering the team assembled for the next season by Muckler with Redden, without Chara, went to the Stanley Cup final before losing to the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, if you remember that series, Chris Pronger just completely dominated the Senators, 
even getting suspended one game after taking physical liberties. If they had had Chara in tow, uh, he may not have had been able to run as wild on that team. They were a very good team still to get that far in the playoffs, obviously. Um, but when, again, the Senators reached the final against the Ducks, their biggest weakness was quickly exposed, and that was that lack of toughness. Uh, the imbalance of physical play was so pronounced that even one of the Senators' coaches later compared it to men playing against boys. So it's natural to wonder how much difference Char would have made in that series and how uh, much different Ottawa's history would have been and Boston's, quite frankly. Brian Murray even had a chuckle about it a couple years later. He said, you know, if we had Z instead of Tom Pricing on the blue line, it would have made an unbelievable difference. They laid a physical beating on us with their forecheck. Their big guys really went after our defense, especially Redden. It affected our entire game. Z could have looked after that. The team's coaches and scouts clearly agreed he was too valuable to let go, and Chara by all accounts, wanted to stay in Ottawa, actually. His longtime girlfriend, now wife, Tatiana, told a TV interview he cried when it became clear he wouldn't be back. Uh, Muckler, in 2009, he didn't return calls for this uh, interview. That was done by Fisher. Um, clearly, you know, hindsight being 2020, it was a really bad look for the Senators. And even Murray at the time, in 2009, wasn't really sure how... Uh, the deal had fell apart. Certainly, uh, this is one area where we really need to credit Peter Chiarelli. He was Ottawa's assistant GM under Muckler. He transitioned to the Bruins in the summer of 2006. And even though he wasn't fully on board at the time, it was Jeff Gorton who was still interim GM and he did wonders at the draft that year. Um, I am certain that the presence of Chiarelli in Boston helped Chara make that decision along with the very much increased uh, paycheck over what he had been offered in Ottawa. We all make bad decisions, Murray said. There was some real thought put into this. It wasn't done impulsively. You have to remember Wade had been here a long time. He was a special player in Ottawa. He had done a lot charity-wise. He was very much a favorite. And it certainly seems that the narrative that Ottawa preferred Red and Tuchera really came down to a split between management and the coaching and scouting staff. The latter wanted to keep him, and ultimately, management decided to choose Redden. Um, some of the ex-employees cited uh, Redden's off-ice value. He had leased a luxury suite for six children for every game, for instance. Uh, so that might have been prioritized even more over his hockey ability. Uh, you look at Montreal, they certainly didn't prioritize community involvement in the P.K. Subban trade. Um, but part of the reason that Redden wasn't retained by the Senators a couple of years later, not only did the Rangers come in with a stupid offer for him, but uh, his coaches started to feel that he was making some sloppy plays uh, and didn't have the training regimen that was vigorous enough to keep up in today's NHL. That obviously was not the case and hasn't been the case for Chara. He's an exercise diet fanatic and uh, former Senators coach John Paddock remembers telling him to pull back even a bit so he'd be fresh for the playoffs. He said you couldn't stop him. He'd work out in the morning and be back at the gym for a full workout at 4 in the afternoon. Weights, cycling, running, the whole works. 
Um, he hadn't played well in the second round 2006 playoff series against Buffalo. And it did seem as though Buffalo's forwards were getting the better of him, but he had been fighting some injuries for months. And that certainly was a factor uh, that made Ottawa perhaps overthink the idea that he wouldn't be able to keep up with a quicker NHL. There were even some rumblings in Ottawa that he wasn't well-liked by his teammates, which is ridiculous. And even Brian Murray said it so. He said, the two comments that I was hearing about Z were that he was not popular in the room, which was a fallacy, and that the game was changing, and roles for his kind of player were becoming less important, which has proven to be kind of a joke. Now again, Muckler made these twin offers to Chara and Redden. It appears as though... uh, Keeter and Chara made a counter offer. The original offer was pulled off the table. That's when things broke down. And, you know, the reality is Chara wanted to stay in Ottawa. This is according to his agent who said at the end of the day, Z would have taken less to stay in Ottawa. He loved it there. How much less? We never got to that point. We had offers, but we never got one that was in our range. He does believe the Senators genuinely wanted to keep Chara in Ottawa but the Senators ultimately decided their budget parameters wouldn't allow it. And, you know, once uh, Redding got pushed up a bit, they also brought in Martin Gerber that summer for $2.3 million. Uh, so cap space was even less back then. And, you know, while there were ways they could have juggled players and signings, in the end it seemed the unwillingness to find a way was outweighed by the view that Chara was not worth enough to make the effort. And ultimately, that is Ottawa's massive loss and our huge gain. And we salute the Ottawa Senators for their um, ridiculous decision and for allowing us to benefit from Sedano Chara, his leadership on and off the ice, and ultimately the Stanley Cup that he lifted in 2011. Let's wrap up with some news and notes from around the NHL. And today is the kickoff of the NHL's phase two of the return to play plan. If you forget what that involves, here's a quick rundown. So a maximum of six players can be on the ice at any one time. Players who live in a city that they don't play for can use local NHL facilities. Social distancing protocols must be maintained at the facility. Uh, coronavirus testing will occur 48 hours before accessing the facility and twice weekly. Players and staff will also complete symptom and temperature checks before departure. A positive COVID-19 test will be treated as a hockey-related injury. Players skating at a team facility are prohibited from skating at a separate rink, and coaches cannot participate in on-ice activity but can observe observe, from the stands. Goalies can hire an individual coach for one-on-one training, but they cannot be a team employee. So those are just kind of the uh, limitations on players as they begin to gather to skate. The Bruins will be among those teams that can do so as, uh, you know, Warrior Ice Arena will be opened up. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, any of those players do skate as early as today, which is Monday, uh, June 8th. It is a positive step as the NHL looks to return 
and we see whether or not the Stanley Cup can be awarded this year. But of course, there are still a lot of uh, factors in play, and hopefully everyone does it as carefully as possible, and we can avoid any outbreak of COVID-19 among the NHL community. We'll remember last week, the Penguins announced that one of their players had tested positive. All symptoms are gone, but, uh, you know, it's still very much a possibility that uh, there could be a second wave or a flare-up, especially as people get back to gathering together. That pretty much does it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thanks so much for taking some time to uh, listen and to uh, revisit the circumstances that led to Zdeno Chara's arrival in Boston 14 years ago. And uh, so thankful that we have had him as our captain. And I know uh, any Bruins fan would share that uh, sentiment, I'm sure. Uh, I hope you all are doing well, staying safe, staying socially distant, and also uh, just taking care of yourselves mentally and physically. And we will be back on Wednesday with another episode. This week, we're kind of doing a, a fan focus. So if you have anything that you'd like me to talk about, or any questions you'd like me to answer on the next podcast, feel free to hit me up at LO underscore Boston Bruins on Twitter and LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Please now take a listen to the Locked On NHL podcast, as there's always some great content over there as well. Take care of yourselves, friends, and we'll talk to you again in a couple days.